Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial lawyer, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Yeah, here we are. Another edition of Fighting Words, the FCC compliant podcast that I do, as opposed to the one that's not FCC compliant. That one is unredacted. That's for you town hall VIP members. You should all be town hall VIP members. This one's associated with Hugh Hewitt, but this is being recorded before Hugh had a chance to weigh in on the latest atrocity. I remember the days, now I've been a lawyer about 25 years, I remember the days when we had a functioning justice system. We don't, people. We do not have a functioning justice system. Now, it functions sometimes, eh, it probably functions most of the time in regular cases, but you get a case that has any political component, and instead of a justice system where the interests of all are protected and defended and where someone can count on a fair hearing and where law and precedent matter, well, that doesn't happen anymore if it's a political case. Now, that's just a fact. That's not really subject to dispute. That's not somebody something people can honestly say isn't so. Here is the disgrace du jour. Actually, the disgrace began years ago when the FBI... And I disagree with you here. I don't. I, I don't think it's a bunch of bad apples. I think it's all bad apples because I have yet to see a single FBI agent resign in disgust at the outrageous framing of Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Okay, but that is neither here nor there. What happened was indisputably a series of unbelievable prosecutorial misconduct, starting with a setup that ignored the DOJ chain of command to go and try and spring a perjury trap on Michael Flynn to attempt to engage him when there was no investigation to be had. They just went out and saw this guy and said, they wouldn't get to say something. Then they took the 302s, those are the write-ups of the discussion, and edited them. We've never seen the original report of the discussion with him the ones the reports that are supposedly the basis for this uh false statement thing we know that they withheld evidence from the defense before he pled guilty we know they did because there are among other things notes that say are we just trying to get trying to manufacture an admission here I'm paraphrasing. There is also a statement that any defense attorney would die to have access to that says, hey, we haven't found anything in this investigation. We should close it. Oh, no, we're not giving that over. You have to give over everything. It is a constitutional mandate. It's not optional. The prosecutor must, and the prosecutor did not, and without that evidence, he pled guilty. Ipso facto, dunno completo, finito. Oh, there's more. There's more. There was a plea deal where the entire plea deal was not put on paper. Now, the everything that a defendant gets 
for pleading guilty and promising to cooperate must be put in a plea agreement that goes to a judge and the judge signs it. Why is that important? Why does it matter? And what was missing? Well, what was missing was the promise not to prosecute his son. Seems like a pretty important promise, but that wasn't included. That was kind of a wink and a nod thing. So why does that matter? Because they were going to use General Flynn, or they hoped to, to prosecute other people, including maybe the president. So, at trial, the defense would get a copy of the plea agreement because that's exculpatory evidence. Hey, here's, you know, this guy's giving something up for the plea. That that goes to bias. That's always relevant. And any, pro, any defense attorney is going to cross-examine. In fact, you just pled guilty because you got off easy or you got this or you got that. But they wouldn't be able to say the most important thing, which is that the feds agreed not to prosecute his son. That's not on paper. They wouldn't have known. The Mueller people, in, in cahoots with the FBI, because they're all working together, hid or intended to hide the fact from future juries not yet impaneled why General Flynn would presumably be testifying the way he did. Any defense attorney worth his salt would want to know, hey, General Flynn, you're only saying this because if you don't say this, they will put your son in jail. Now, he could deny it, but a jury could go, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's why it has to all be all, all be on paper. But it wasn't. They were intending to commit a fraud on the court. So we have all this stuff. And Barr takes a look at it, gets an outside guy to take a look at it. The outside uh, U.S. attorney says, holy crap, this is a disaster. We have to drop this. We have to dismiss it even after the guilty plea. And that's what Barr ordered. So the court, the, the DA, uh, DOJ goes in and in, in front of Judge Emmett Smith says, we want to dismiss based on this prosecutorial misconduct and listed why. And Sidney Powell, uh, Flynn's attorney, puts in a paper saying, we do not object to this dismissal. Okay, And it's literally a formality for the judge to sign it. There is authority in the District of Court District, you know, it's the Court of Appeals for D.C. Circuit that says, you know, he, it's an it's essentially a ministerial act. He has to sign it. And here's the here's the thought process behind it. Who who prosecutes? Right. A, pro, a, a case is prosecuted in the name of the people of the United States. The only person who has a right or authority to prosecute crimes in the name of the people of the United States is the Attorney General and his deputies, the U.S. Attorneys, Assistant U.S. Attorneys, right? Because we elect the President, he picks the Attorney General, the uh, Senate confirms him, that is the person with the power. No one else, right? And that person has said, I am not going to do it. And the defendant said, hey, you know, fine. I can't imagine why the defendant would not agree to it, but there might be some reason. But everybody's agreed. So all the parties are agreed. What does Judge Smith do? He issues like an hour after uh, Sidney Powell puts in this, you know, uh, routine memo just saying, yeah, yeah, I stipulate to this. I, I, I agree. And he should have signed it and dismissed. But he didn't. 
He issued a minute order. What's a minute order? It's just a little tiny order. It's not really written out. And he basically said, well, you know, herder, huff puff, I'm going to let, I'm not going to dismiss, I'm going to let other people provide amicus briefs in this case, on this issue. What? An amicus brief is a third party, not a party to the case, who adds something to assist the court in making a decision, right? They're often made at the Supreme Court, and you have to ask permission for it. You know, if the Supreme Court, there's a big case, and that may allow you to bring up arguments that the other parties haven't made. What it does not do, right, it, it's simply to offer arguments that haven't been made yet. What it does not do is give you standing to continue the suit. It is not an invitation to outside prosecutors. That's exactly what Emmett Sullivan did. The only parties to the case are the people of the United States and Michael Flynn. There is no one else involved. No one else has right. You do not have a right as an individual citizen to conduct a criminal prosecution. You can do a civil pro- civil case. It's not a prosecution. You're suing someone for money, essentially. That doesn't really apply here. There's no one else. So how does the judge continue the case? How would it continue if no one is prosecuting it? If no party is involved in the case? He can't. And yet he's doing this. And he's doing this purely for a political act. That's the only possible, possible understanding of this outrage. It is an outrage. It's a disgrace. He is continuing, he is doing this simply because he doesn't like it. He wanted a chance to sentence Flynn, and we we saw how outrageously biased he was against Flynn back during the original sentencing. Or one of the hear one of the pre sentencing hearings. You commit treason, blah, 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 accusing him of things he wasn't charged with. It was it was pretty outrageous. And now, instead of doing his duty, which is to go, okay, all the parties to this have concluded it, I am going to conclude it too. I have no further business in this case. He has no further, he doesn't have a decision to make. There's no amicus brief because he's not making a decision. He has no power to. Judge Sullivan cannot prosecute this case. Only the executive branch can prosecute a case. The judicial branch cannot. It cannot be the judge and it cannot be the prosecutor at the same time. Do you see the problem? It is a disgrace. Now, what do we do about this? Well, first of all, we need to blow off a little steam because we are watching our judicial system crash and burn. If there's any residual respect for it out there, Someone has treated it like, you know, Vietnam veterans will eventually treat Jane Fonda's grave. It is horrible. What can be done? Okay, there are two things that can be done. Two tracks. Here's what I would do if I was Sidney Powell. And I'm not Sidney Powell, but if I were. And that's Flynn's lawyer. The first thing I would do is I would write out a brief saying, hey, Your Honor, you don't have a right to do this. I demand that you immediately execute this order. 
and not seek amicus. You have nothing because you don't have a decision. There's nothing to assist you in making a decision. You, you have no need for it. You're simply delaying justice. And I would put that, I would, I would submit that, and I would do that tomorrow. It doesn't have to be long. If I was William uh, Bill Barr, I would have my DOJ lawyers write a similar thing saying, Your Honor, you have no authority to do this. We, we, it, this was misconduct, and you need to drop it. But I will highlight the misconduct again that justifies it, because remember, this is no longer a legal decision, okay? At this level, we're not doing a legal decision anymore because just uh, Judge Sullivan has taken it out of the legal realm. It is now in the realm of public opinion. He's trying to make a point, which is absolutely inappropriate. Um, absolutely inappropriate. And frankly, if we could, I, I, you know, I, I'd consider impeaching him because it's that big a failure of his responsibility as a judge. He's got lifetime tenure. It's horrible. But DOJ is making a point with that pleading, which is, you know, Your Honor, this is in public opinion. Here is why we've we've dropped this suit. And you can re, re, you know, restate all this stuff. The next thing I would do, both if I was Sidney Powell and if I was the Department of Justice, writ. What is a writ? A writ is an interlocutory, I can't even pronounce it right, appeal. As an appeal before there's a final judgment, it's why the proceeding's continuing. Ironically, the proceeding's still continuing. It should be ended. Usually you appeal after a, uh, you get a final judgment and you do a writ during the case. As you go to the court of appeal and say, the lower court's made a mistake and it's so big and important that you should choose to go in. Now, appeals, in most cases, are are uh, it varies by state, but generally appeals are mandatory. You have a right to an appeal, not all the way up. Supreme Court picks sometimes. You know there are some courts of appeal that pick, and they have discretion to take appeals. Others appeals are mandatory. Writs they're almost always uh, uh, discretionary. That is, the court doesn't have to take them. Court can just summarily say, "Now nah, we're not doing it." In this case, I think you would have a very, very decent chance, both if the Department of Justice and if Sidney Powell, particularly if they joined together, went to the District Court of Appeal and said, you know, this is, you know, this guy is still sitting convicted uh, of a crime that wasn't a crime, that was unjust. He's suffering permanent damage. He's suffering uh, uh, irreparable damage right now. We don't have time to go through this whole charade with uh, Judge uh, Sullivan. Let he, he you should order him, you should order uh, the case dismissed right now, and ignore Sullivan. Just make that order, or order Sullivan to do it, which is usually what happens. Courts of appeal usually don't order things; they usually order the lower court to do it. In certain cases, stubborn judges, particularly ones with lifetime tenure, can screw around with it for a while. So I don't know exactly how they do it, but I would I, I would do the dual trick. I would go to Judge Sullivan and I would seek a discretionary writ asking the D.C. Uh, Court of Appeal to toss this case. And just say, like, this is this is a charade. This is ridiculous. This judge is basically going on a political vendetta designed to cause further pain, expense, and humiliation to a guy who was framed. 
stop it now. I think I think the court of appeals might be receptive. The law is very clear that Sullivan can't do that. It's not there's not a lot of law that says otherwise. His his thing. Well, there's no one uh, taking the opposite position since the. Uh, 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 Department of Justice has waived it, so I, I have no opposition, so I'm going to seek it from third parties. There can't be any opposition because there's no parties. Okay, There's only two parties, so there's no other position to have articulated because no one else can prosecute the case. Only the executive branch. You can't go out and hire someone to do your dirty work. That's essentially a judge prosecuting a case on himself. That is absolutely wrong. That breaches separation of powers. If it doesn't work at the D.C. Court of Appeals, I would bring it to the Supreme Court and say, end this now. And I think you get a receptive hearing. This is just a disgrace. I am I, I'm just disgusted by the whole thing. I am appalled by the whole thing. This should not be. This is exactly what is wrong with so much of our justice system right now. The law is clear. It's not a close call. Okay. And it's important. It's important to maintain the separation of powers. You can't have judges individually deciding what cases get prosecuted and what don't. That means you stop being a neutral and you start being an advocate, which is what Sullivan's doing. It's outrageous. And I'm not really happy about this uh, Supreme Court decision, or Supreme Court arguments, uh, Monday the 12th, or Tuesday the 12th. What happened there was uh, the New York DA and Congre- uh, uh, Democrat-led congressional committees were seeking to get Trump's tax returns from a third party. His, his accountants and Trump was saying wait a minute you, you can't do that that's total that's basically you know what what do you you're not even articulating a reason to investigate well we may have reasons if we find something okay that power to subpoena and quote unquote investigate a sitting president again another destructive attack on the separation of powers. Okay, that's that's why the DA can't go and arre- uh, DA in New York City can't go arrest him. Okay, you can't have the DA in New York go in and bust in the president because that makes the DA of New York the president. You want to do something after he's out of office? Fine, do it, do whatever. But while he's president, no, and that goes for you know rummaging through his papers. Here's a question Dershowitz asked on, on Twitter. And Adam Dershowitz, smart guy. That's why liberals hate him, because he's a smart guy and he's consistent. He said, okay, if it's okay for Congress, when they're angry at the president, to go and, or, or a DA, to go subpoena his papers because of an investigation, they, they suspect wrongdoing, okay, why can't we do that to a Supreme Court judge? Why can't they go do that to Kavanaugh? Right? They hate Kavanaugh. Let's go look at his taxes. Well, what do you think's wrong? It doesn't matter. I'm investigating. It doesn't matter. There might be something. And of course, remember, the, the hidden thing is, the reason is to leak these to use these politically. Okay? there's they, they, These aren't going to be held secretly. They're going to be leaked. That's the whole point of it. Not investigating them. They're trying to get it to leak stuff partially, to shade it, 
It's a fraud. It's a scam. That's the whole reason. To get an advantage of the president, why can't they do it to a Supreme Court justice? I wish somebody had asked that. That's a great question, Alan Dershowitz. That is a great question. What is the difference? Why couldn't they? I mean, if they can, they'd say, well, it's part of our impeachment. You can impeach a judge. Impeach a judge. Why can't we go get all your taxes? We don't have to articulate a reason. Just go get them. Actually, it's better against federal judges because federal judges have, at least Article Three judge, have lifetime tenure. So it's not like after four years or eight years, he's going to be out and you can start the process. It could be 50 years, 40 years. In the, in the case of Justice Ginsburg, 482 years. Right? So it's actually more appropriate to be able to do that to federal judges than is to the president. Think they'd be excited about that? That's a really good question. I guess a question that needs to be, uh, you know, maybe an amicus brief, right? Because there are still two parties in it. There's Trump's lawyers and there's the lawyers trying to get it, get the, get his information. There are two parties there, and the judges are neutral. Sullivan wasn't neutral. This is a disgrace, people. This is an outrage. I'm ticked off. We've seen a double bear, uh, a, a two track, tool track system of justice where certain elected uh, or unelected people, and sometimes elected, uh, people from the elite get a special pass. Other people get the book thrown at them. It's not, it's only the law if it's applied equally. Otherwise, it's just thuggery disguised as legal process. If you want to destroy the underpinnings of society, and remember, our idiot liberal elite did not build this society, did not defend it, did not do anything to bring it about. They simply inherited it. They are uneducated, narcissistic, and in many cases, evil. And they do not seem to understand that if you knock out all the supports of the system, it's not just going to stay there. See, because they didn't build it, they don't understand how it works. So when they take away something like, you know, a justice system that involves justice, they don't understand that makes a system unstable. And an unstable system, a system where it's not, it will, will naturally descend from a system where people are protected by law to where people are protected by strength. And you can see that in, the, you can see that in other countries. They don't have a legal system. They have guys with guns. And that's not what we want here. The legal system works because people believe in it. They believe it's fair. They believe they'll be heard. And they believe they'll be treated equally. And when that stops, so does the legal process. So does the legal system. And you don't have a system anymore. You just have thuggery. Okay. Anyway, that's my fighting words for this week my Hugh Hewitt affiliated podcast. Hey, here's some special news if you're interested. I hope you are. I need you to go out right now to Amazon. Go to Amazon, type in 21 biggest lies about Donald Trump. 21 biggest lies about Donald Trump and you, see, because there's a little subtitle. That's my new book from Regnery. It's a traditional book, nonfiction. 
Uh, not FCC compliant necessarily. I don't swear a lot, but I get a little spicier than I will here on uh, Fighting Words, the Hewitt Affiliate Podcast. I want you to go there. I want you to check it out. I want you to order it. Let's get a pre-order. It's coming out. You'll get it hot off the presses on July 7th. Don't wait. Order it now. I want a tsunami of orders. I'm trying to build up as many as I can so that they, they, they drop like a ton of bricks on July 7th. You'll be hearing a lot more about this. Uh, perhaps Hugh will have me on. I don't know. I, I will not presume, but I would, uh, I would hope so. And I hope you will join me again next week on Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter. Thanks a lot.